You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. This is going to be fun. I don't know how dueling it's going to be, but it usually gets that way with us, so it'll be good. We get to talk to you this morning about what men and women want, so it's going to be good. So in my 23 years of marriage, I'm just going to come to you from the experience I have and talk to you as quick and as well as I can about three points about marriage. Are we ready? All right. Let me tell you where we started 23 years ago. Charles and I got engaged, and then he was at that time in the Marine Corps, so he got transferred over to Washington, D.C., which meant he set up, and he found and set up our apartment. And he was, like, pumped. Right, you're already with me here. I love it. So he had furniture already from his bachelor days, and he, like, thought he was the man because he thought it was all, like, neutral. Like, he's like, oh, so neutral. Like, my wife's going to love it. It wasn't neutral. It was brown. It was all brown. He had... A brown couch, a brown table, and four really ugly chairs that I think were brown, too. And, but we had no bed. So we started our life out on an air mattress. So we're sleeping on an air mattress. I'm in this new city where I know nobody, and, like, I'm newly married. I'm trying to sleep on this air mattress, and you know what it's like to sleep on an air mattress with two people. Like, every time Charles would get up, like, I would hit the floor, you know? So... That was really romantic and fun. And one night he's like, do you hear that? Do you hear that? And I'm like, thinking somebody's coming in the house. And all of a sudden the lights go on and he's flipping over the air mattress. And like all of a sudden I hear what he's hearing and it's like, yeah, but that's right. Cause he has duct tape because he's a man and he thinks duct tape can fix everything. So... If you would have seen our air mattress, it had like duct tape all over it. It was awful. I think we graduated to like a head of bed. And then I think we bought ourselves a bed from Ikea, which pretty much ruined our marriage trying to put that thing together from Ikea. So that's where we started. So I want to tell you that story to tell you that my first point is don't want it all yesterday. The Bible says in Zechariah 4.10, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So I want to encourage you, especially if you're just starting out, you can have the most gorgeous wedding without going in and starting your marriage off with a ton of debt. Ladies, you can have an amazing ring. I have this beautiful ring on my finger, but I didn't start out with this ring. This was an upgraded ring. Thank you very much for my ring. I love it. You don't have to have the Louis Vuitton purse. You don't have to have the most amazing high. I mean, I mean, have it all. We want you to have it all in this church. But you have to start somewhere sometimes. And we want you to start together. Because if you're married a man and you're sitting in this church, chances are you're married to a champion. You're married to an emerge man. If he doesn't yet know how to go out and slay dragons for you, he will. Send him to emerge. We'll straighten him out. But I know that that usually means he wants to give you everything. He wants to do everything for you. You just have to be careful about doing it all now. I want you to do it all together. So when we first got married, we both had jobs and worked. Um, And then when we decided to have kids, we chose together that I was going to stay home and make my number one job to raise our kids. So that meant we went from two incomes to one. So Charles would be like, we need a budget. We have to have this budget. We need a budget. And I would be like, oh my God, I would do everything to like avoid the budget conversation because we usually argued and we didn't know how to put it together. Like he would, 
live on nothing and eat peanut butter and jelly. And I was like, we're newlyweds. Like, this is not fun. We're already on an air mattress. So can we like budget out things a little better? So we, we immediately decided to, instead calling our budget a budget, we started calling it a spending plan. So I like spending plan better. You're welcome to steal that from me. It didn't feel constricting, but we needed a spending plan because we also needed to trust each other. Dave Ramsey says the number one issue with couples is always around money. And it's also the number one issue that people choose to like avoid. Nobody wants to talk about it. So wives and moms, let me talk to you for a minute. And I know I'm generalizing. Wives and moms are not always the spenders. But if you ask my husband, he will tell you that the red card from Target is from the devil. Okay? For the sake of my marriage, I do not have one anymore. Because, like, I thought it was, like, the best deal ever. It wasn't even a credit card. Like, it came out of our regular account. But, like, if you use that, you get, like, 5% off. And then, like, oh, my gosh. Like, he had no idea that when I walked in and saw, like, the cutest wine glasses in the dollar section, I needed to have those, you know? And so you wander around. You go into Target for, like, sponges. And you end up wandering around and being like, I need that guacamole T-shirt. And, oh, my gosh, look at this cute outfit for my kids. And, like, before you get all the way over, right, I see some some amens in the, yes. So before you get over to whatever it is you need, you've already overspent and Costco is just as bad, right? Like I know you need peanut butter, but maybe you don't need $15 worth of peanut butter right this minute. So I was doing all of this and it was causing so much stress in our finances. So we had to adjust that. I had to, I needed him to trust me in this area. So I learned to shop online, which saves me time and money and, and saves me from, you know, buying whatever I walk by and decide that I need. But I'm telling you, putting these things into place, getting together, talking about your finances, this will bring so much peace into your marriage. And be careful if you have kids. Okay, just a quick tip. If you have kids, don't buy them something in the store every time you go to the store. Because if you do it once, it'll never stop, okay? And why not now teach your kids about the value of a dollar, about budgeting, about delayed gratification? I'm telling you, the peace is worth all of it. And we want our homes to be blessed, right? We want our finances to be blessed. We want our marriages to be blessed. And we need to trust each other. So I know that we serve a God of upgrades. We get up here every day, in church, every Sunday in church, and talk about that. So just like I was able to upgrade my ring, I promise you, put some of these things in place and your life will be upgraded. Amen? All right. I'm glad we're okay. We're doing okay. Because we're going from money to sex. Are you ready? All right. God created sex. When you look... When you stand with each other and you say your wedding vows, the most beautiful thing about that is, is you are choosing to forsake all others. So that means you are the only one that gets to meet each other's needs. That's pretty special. So wives, you need to understand that your men need sex in order to feel connected to you. And men, you need to understand that women want to feel connected to you in order to usually want to have sex. It is true that what you've heard about women, that we are more like crockpots than microwaves, okay? So men, if you're wanting a little action later, warm her up for the day, okay? Figure out what her love language is. Fill those needs. Bring her coffee in bed. Whatever that is. Tell her she's beautiful. Send her a text during the day. I, um, 
I'm not gonna labor on this point too much because hello, we have the DiLorenzo's right here in the front row in One Extraordinary Marriage. So we've got the number one experts in this field. So uh, come back tonight at the 5 p.m. Hear all more about love, sex, relationships, marriage. It's gonna be amazing. But it wouldn't be right to stand up here and talk about marriage if we didn't touch on it, amen? All right. My next point is be a kingmaker. 90% of people polled said that having a happy marriage is a priority for them in life. Yet just like a tool, like let's say a hammer, it can be used to build something, but it can also be used to tear something down. So just like the tools in our life, we do the same thing with those. It's a choice, right? So I realized, again, I'm speaking to the ladies, that the number one tool that I had, that we have, is my mouth. It's my words. The Bible says a lot about this too. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up, Ephesians 4, 29. Proverbs 31, 26, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is in her tongue. Proverbs 21, 23, those who guard their mouth and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. In Proverbs 31, he talks about how her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. I think that God put this passage in Proverbs 31 for us. So we would know that the reason why he has that kind of elevated position in the city was because of her. It's because when he was at home and already had dreams to be that and knew that he wanted to be there, she spoke to him like he was already there. She would talk to him like he was already going to be there one day. She had respect in the home for him so he could walk outside the home and have that same kind of respect. I am still working on this. Okay, thank you, Sam Paul, for your message last week that totally convicted me. I think of myself as being like totally an encourager, right? I am an encourager. However, with Charles, sometimes I would have a very critical mouth and I would be like, oh, this is totally a gift. Like I can see something and be like, this is how you make it better. So I did not understand why he did not need that gift for me, right? Like, like all the time too. Like I'd be like, oh, this is how you need to fix it. And if he didn't listen, I would just follow him around. Like, okay, so this is how you need to fix it. Okay, so if I keep talking, you're gonna like understand what I'm saying, right? Like I'm gonna change your mind if I just keep talking about it and saying the same thing over and over. But the Bible says that a nagging wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. How annoying, right? That's so annoying. And a drippy roof is gonna come down and I don't want to bring down my marriage because I can't control my tongue. I remember, uh, this is a, a work in progress for me and I remember, I don't even know what it was that he was doing, but um, I, it was probably your driving because that's usually the one place you actually do need to work on is your driving. So I'm gonna, I might keep working on that. <laughs> But there was something else that he did not need me to be telling him what he was doing wrong. He was already feeling defeated. He was probably already telling himself he wasn't worthy and he wasn't doing a good job. And I was just reinforcing that, right? And I could see the look all over his face. He was just completely defeated and he just retreated. And I, you know, probably to make leather or something because he was just needed to get away from me. And I just felt so convicted. I was like, oh, why am I doing this? Like, and the most beautiful thing about God is when you have an open heart and you go to him and, and you like, why do I, like help me with this area? He's so good to just come in and show you how to fix those cracks. So what he showed me, cause he speaks to me a lot in pictures is a knight in shining armor. 
there was this beautiful knight in shining armor standing before me. But when I looked at the face, it was my husband. And what I was doing with his armor, as strong as armor is, and it's shiny, and it looks like it's just ready for a fight, armor's also rust if you don't take care of it. If, I, if darts come towards it, it's going to dent it. And that's all my words were doing. They were just coming against his armor. His armor was beaten. His armor had holes in it, holes that could like cause damage. If they're, you know, he was totally exposed because of the words I was saying in his armor. And I decided right then and there that instead of putting dents in his armor, I was going to shine his armor. I am called to shine his armor. So I get out my rag and I shine that armor. I make sure that I build him up as much as I can. What happens if like, I don't say anything and I choose not to say something and he actually messes up? It wouldn't be the end of the world. It would actually be better than disrespecting him in front of my kids all the time and telling him the right thing to do. Besides, if he messes up, I can be like, I'm not his punisher, God's his punisher. God's going to get him. God will tell him. And, and so will the people in his life, which is why you need to get around a connect group, why you need to make sure that you have men and women with amazing, healthy marriages speaking into your world. So ladies, I just want to encourage you. You need to build your man. If you build your man, if you shine his armor, you will build your life. So speak destiny over him. Speak to him as if he's already arrived. Make him the hero of your house, especially if you have kids, those kids are watching your every move. So I get to invite up my knight in shining armor this morning. 23 years. I love you. Thank you for being my knight in shining armor. Uh, Let's give it up for my bride, what wisdom. She has helped me be the man I am today. Thanks for shining that armor, babe. I needed it. So uh, again, I want to also honor uh, Pastor Jurgen Leanne. I mean, 15 years ago, coming over here, not knowing a soul, and we get to be the recipients of that. So never, uh, never take that for granted. Never take this environment for granted. And also our leaders here at Balboa, Pastor John and Becky, cream of the crop, leader of leaders. They train leaders. They leave legacy in each and every one of us. So we love you guys with all our heart. Thank you for this opportunity today. So let's get into it. So Tessa kind of talked on what women want, and I'm going to talk on what men want. But more importantly, I think, you know, men can wish and want for things, but until we really need something, we don't put the action in. So is it okay today if I tell you what men need? And this is a joint message. It's not just for the ladies, but it's equally for the men. So I'm going to speak to both of those today. So my background, I've been able to study men for uh, 50 years. Started with peewee football. Any uh, peewee football champs out there? Come on now. But I learned from coaches. I learned how men handled victory and defeat in a sport environment. Then I went to college, Virginia Military Institute. Toughest physical, mental, emotional challenge uh, in my life, actually, actually tougher than the Marine Corps. They could haze you. And they did for six months, six weeks, and six days. Something about that number I don't like. <laughs> but it was serious, and I broke out of the rat line, the lowest of all of God's creatures is how we were defined at college. So, But that set me up for a Marine Corps career, 20-year type A organization. Thank you for all the men and women that have served our country. 
You're the reason why we have freedom. <laughs> so thank you. And uh, I got to be in combat zone situations, see how men ha uh, handle death, uh, stress, all kinds of stuff exposed to. And then in business, incredible business mentorships and leaders, um, and then ministry. And so just watching men, observing men, and trying to figure out what do men really need. So we're going to unpack that a little bit today. Um, ladies, as you probably know, you're the greatest thing that we really need here on earth. I mean, outside of God and our relationship, you are the secret sauce. Just like my wife said, you shine up that armor, you tell us that we're invincible, unstoppable, we're a winner, a champion, and we will rise to that occasion. Your words carry so much weight, so much influence, so much authority. You have no idea the power that you have over our life. It doesn't matter how well other men may say I do something, but it's what my wife says that makes all the difference in the world. So that's a tip for you right there. Help your man be the man. Amen? All right, so let's get into it. So number one, my point is we need a wife, we need a helpmate. And let's unpack that a little bit. So it starts back in Genesis 2.18. If we've got that verse up, we can put it. There it is. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Now, ladies, you know we need a helper, right? I'm preaching to the choir here. We need a helper in so many areas. You know we need a helper more than we know we need a helper. <laughs> So in the areas of dress, for example, with me and my marriage, I thought boots, camo pants, and an Emerge t-shirt is all any man ever needs. It fits every occasion. Can I get a witness out there? But my wife says there's some occasions where that's not appropriate. So I let her pick out the outfit. And then eating. You know, when you're in a Marine Corps and you got to go 100 different missions, it's, it's a competition. I mean, it is shovel it in, biggest bites, barely take a drink of water, and get on to the next event. But my wife said, have you even chewed your food? Do you know what water is? So I had to learn a little bit of etiquette in the eating area. But my all-time favorite is our ability to drive. Tessa touched on this. This is from the devil, just so you know. <laughs> Ladies, just in case you didn't realize, every time we get behind the wheel, it's a race. It's a competition. I've told my wife over and over again, that round button in the center of the steering wheel, that is a tool to alert drivers, get out of our way and drive like a man. Amen? Come on. So don't be judging our driving. We have a purpose in it. So let's go back to Genesis. Man was not enough. Now, this was a shocker to me. I don't know about you guys. Gents, I, had to, I hate to break it to you. We were not his final creation. We're like, God, you did all this stuff and you scooped up the dust. You made us a man in your image and likeness. Jesus was there watching like, man, I'm gonna be their role model, their example. I'm undefeated. They're gonna follow in my footsteps. Holy Spirit's looking down on us like, I'm the power within every Christian. They're gonna do mighty things. And God said, fellas, it's not enough. He needs a helper. I'm like, what? A helper? But let me unpack that today. Proverbs 18.22. If we can put that up. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. And this is the best part. And obtains favor from the Lord. So babe, I just want to thank you for 23 years of marriage. God allowed me to find you. I'm so thankful. And I have found favor with the Lord for 23 years. So thank you, babe. <clears throat> 
And for all of you out there, you may be single, looking for that man or woman. You may have a fiance. You may be getting ready to get married next week, like the beautiful Corey up here in the front row with James, wherever he's at out there. Oh, there he is. Come on, shout out. Can't wait, man. You guys are champs. Love premarital. Love to see what you guys have done with it. But let me give you the secret that worked for me. This was the key. Most people forget there are three people in a marriage. You stand in front of the altar, there's a pastor, and you make a covenant in front of God. God is the third member of that marriage. How many times do we involve him in the marriage? That alone is the secret to victory. Involve God in the marriage. So if he's gonna be involved in the marriage on your wedding day, wouldn't you wanna ask your father for wisdom in finding the right one? So that's what I did after, I don't know, a couple years with my good buddy in the Marine Corps, clubs and bars, nothing but a headache and an empty wallet every Sunday to show for it. I said, God, I, I'm, I'm messing this thing up. It is your turn. I am standing down. I am not going to be involved in this process. I am going to let you pick my bride. And thank God he had mercy on me. I only had to wait three months. This beautiful blonde and two brunettes moving right across the way of the apartment. But that's a tip for you guys out there. If you have not found the one, and I know there's a lot of ladies in here as well as a lot of men, when have you turned it over to God? And you let him pick. That right there will change your life for 2020. Amen? So let's talk about it. What do men need? I've got a couple points for you here, five of them. First of all, thank us. We need you to do more praising than poking and prodding. When we come home, and I love that. Bill, love you, man. I can always tell where you're at in the audience. <laughs> My moral encouragement right there. So, But hey, we really do need to be thanked, you know, because uh, we can go a long way. We can face a lot of giants out there every day. There's people backbiting, stabbing us, all kinds of things happening in the workplace and business. And it's literally like going out there and fighting a giant every single day. So when we come home, is your uh, home a place of rest and relaxation? You set the environment, the peace, the joy. Can we heal from our wounds? And can you just be appreciative and just say, thank you for what you've done today. Thank you for going out there. And so just remember that if you can do that, and I know it's been, you know, seasons of kids and laundry and dishes, and you're working probably outside the home and you have the same battles, but let it be a peaceful environment for both of you guys to relax when you come home. And when you thank that man, man, we want to do even more for you. It's amazing what just a little bit of appreciation will do. All right. Number two, love us. Ask, how do we best receive love? Now, I don't know about the other men in this room. I can only vouch for me. But number one, sex, of course. Tessa went there. Pastor Tony and Elisa, they're masters at uh, how to have an intimacy lifestyle. Man, you guys coined that phrase. I love it. But number one is sex. Number two through five is sex. Number six, probably some other stuff. I don't even know what that is. So... Is anybody else out there like me? Come on, be bold. All right, all right. So I think we're simpler than you, you, you think, ladies. We, we don't need too much. Uh, just show up in your birthday suit. It's all going to be good, right? All right. But really find out how your man receives love. You know, it could be different for other men. but uh, And just be intentional in that area. It's like when we know you love us, you want us, you desire us, Man, it's just like, we just feel like 10 foot tall and bulletproof. So find that love language. Number three, ask, how can I best help you? 
Wow, that's a good question right there. That's a powerful question. How can I best help you? Men are not used to asking for any help. But when you come to us and ask for that help, that is amazing. It allows us to lead. You know, we need to lead our families. Man, the biggest thing I've seen is that uh, we've kind of abdicated leadership. And I married an incredible, strong woman. I'm very thankful for that. She's strong in so many ways, and I need somebody kind of equally strong with me. But men, we're called to be the leaders of our home. And we need our wife to cheer us on. We need our wife to support us when we make decisions. I always ask my wife for her wisdom and advice. She's my other half. But once she's given that to me, I've got to be able to make the decision for our family, our future, the direction that we're going. So ladies out there, just like we want your opinion, but if you could let us lead after that, even if you know it's in the wrong direction, we just feel like you're supporting us and that, that we can take even further steps of leadership. But I, I've just seen so many men just abdicate. Either the fight's not worth it, and so they just stand down and let you take control, but it weakens us. It weakens us as men, and we actually start doing less than what we're called to do. Amen? All right. Hey, just an example of that the other day. So we're at the one conference, Tony and Elisa, and we're walking out the door. And so I'm very strategic, so is my wife, and I find the straightest path out of the lobby, out the front door. And I'm like looking over my shoulder, let's go, babe. Babe, where are you? She totally, I didn't even see her. She's on the other side of the room, going out the other door, and I'm like, let me lead, woman. Let me lead. So, but no, I love her. She's incredible, but uh, sometimes you just want to look over your shoulder and like, oh yeah, I'm leading this pack. Come on. Come on, I got this. Help us, help us, ladies, please. And then uh, another big one, number four, a safe place. You know, can we let our guard down with you without judgment? I don't know about most men. This is one of the most difficult things, I think, for men to do. We're kind of trained to be the leader, show no emotion, show no weakness, never let anybody see that you're struggling. But we need to know and let our wives know when we really don't know what the future holds. We don't know how we're going to climb this mountain. We don't know what the next phase is. And if we could just share that without judgment, just listening, as an equal partner, you are half of us. The two become one. And if we could share that with you, if nothing more to just get it off of our heart, be vulnerable, and I don't know if there are any Rocky fans out there, but one of the most powerful scenes in the Rocky series, it's my all-time favorite, was Rocky had uh, defeated Apollo. Now Apollo's training him. And they're on the beach. And they're trying to do this race. And Adrian's there watching. And she notices something's off. This isn't the Rocky. This isn't the champion. What is going on in his world? And he hasn't confided in her. And she confronts him on the beach. And if you remember that scene... She basically comes up and says, what are you doing? And he said, you want to break me down? You want to hear me say it? I'm afraid. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. And ladies, are you vulnerable? Are you allow us to be vulnerable enough where we can get that real and that raw with you? We need to be able to get that real and that raw and know that our other half has got our back. So be that safe place for us. Allow us to come with you. And you might have to reassure us that, babe, something's off in your life, your words, your mannerism. I'm here for you. 
tell me what it is. I'm not going to judge. I just want to hear. And if nothing else, I'm going to pray for you. Man, I tell you what, you want to raise up a champion, you'd be a safe place. Amen? We ready for number five? All right. This might be one of the most important, at least for me. Encourage, empower, and build us. My wife taught on this so beautifully. The man is called to be the head of the house, but you are the neck that turns the head. Again, you have no idea the power that you have. Everything that God has intended us to be and to do on this earth, when he gave us a spouse, you accelerate the pace or you pause the pace. I'm serious, ladies. If you only knew the power you welded, do you encourage, do you empower, do you build us up? Or do you say more great things about us than you do the things we're not quite doing so well? I leave dishes in the sink. Now, I, I believe I'm a soaker. You, you have the meal, you fill up the sink, it soaks maybe for two hours, maybe overnight. There's some stains in there. You soak and then eventually somebody else will do it, right? Anybody else out there? I may be the only one. Anyway, my wife, uh, she's not so much a soaker. She likes a clean, neat, orderly house. But, uh, but I was like, babe, if everybody just did their own dishes, we'd never have an issue here. So uh, we haven't quite solved that problem, but, (laughs) and I don't know why I digress there, but we better get back on track. All right. So outside of the God and the Holy Spirit, ladies, you are the king and the priest maker. Pastor Juergen taught one of the most greatest men's messages I've ever heard, but for ladies too, to be a king and a priest. We're called to be both. Your voice towers over all others in our life. And we believe what you say about us. Believe it or not, what you say about us carries the heaviest weight. Think about it. You're, you know, my bride is my other half. It, it, it's like looking in a, a mirror with a different reflection of all the skills, the qualities, the things that I don't have, but together we become one. And so what my other half says about me carries all the weight in the world. So let's just use this year, 2020, to be encouragers, empowers, to build each other's up. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, I know it was kind of heavy on the ladies, what we need, but men, this is what I was building to. I'm going to speak directly to the men. So I hope you got your notebooks out. We're not off the hook. If you want this kind of wife, it comes at a price, and it's called investment. You have to build her into that kind of helper. And for 23 years, I've been trying to figure out this journey. So I'm going to give you just a couple quick points of what I've learned along the way. So first of all, Ephesians 5.25, if we can put that up. Wisdom from the word. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, we've heard that verse a lot, but I started to reflect. God, that's powerful. How do I give up my life for my bride. I mean, I know what giving up your life is in combat and what that looks like, but you're not here anymore. So how do I give up my life for my wife while I'm here on earth? And God kind of gave me these six points. Number one is purpose. Men, we are called to cast the vision, the mission for our family. It's 2020. Perhaps you haven't done so, but your wives long to hear what is the vision, what is the mission for our family, our kids, our business, our finances, our health, and our ministry. 
Take some time, reflect, write this down and cast that vision for your, your wife. She wants to support you. She wants to be in submission to a mission. You know, John Eldridge wrote a book, you know, Adventure Live, Beauty or Rescue, A Battle to Fight. And so they want that adventure to live. Have you given them an adventure to partner with you on? Number one, purpose. Number two, provision. Do whatever it takes to provide for her. You know, here's a, a great example. Um, I was in a transition from the Marine Corps to civilian world, and I just figured, man, a Marine officer, major in the Marine Corps, all these skills, talent, 14 leadership traits, it's going to be a piece of cake. I'm going to be making 250 out the door. 250K is going to be where I start. And I had six months of working probably eight hours a day, resumes, going on interviews, I mean, for six freaking months. And I had nothing. I had a bunch of contingent offers if somebody won a contract. I was like, God, where's the breakthrough? I am going through all of my savings, all my investments, living below my means, all my mutual funds, and we're about to the end. And I just said, you know, the standard of lifestyle we've created, I'm going to do whatever it takes. So I started looking around, and I picked up odd jobs throughout the day. Some days I was downtown, I was painting. Some days I was doing yard work. Even if it was 15 or 20 bucks an hour, nothing was beneath me to provide for my wife and my family. So guys, if that's speaking to you, you know, humble yourself. You know, take the pressure off your wife that she's gotta be the provider and do whatever it takes. I was willing to do whatever it takes and I know you've got that inside you. Amen? Amen. Protection, this is a big one. Is your wife in a safe home, a safe neighborhood, a safe car? And one of the things I learned is probably the greatest way that we can protect her is from toxic relationships. Men, are there people in your wife's lives that constantly drain her of energy, of time? You need more lifters than leaners. And you need to observe and you need to speak into her life when there's some people you just have to snip. You just have to cut out of her life to free her up, restore your life, restore that energy. So protect her and do whatever it takes. I remember uh, teaching my wife how to uh, shoot a gun, our very first apartment, like you said, in D.C. I was like, new neighborhood. I'm not familiar. I haven't uh, reconned the area yet, but I got a gun. And so she is deathly afraid of guns. I don't know how with my Secret Service father-in-law in the room that uh, was loaded with probably 50 pieces on him at any one time. But I, I was so proud as a, a protector that I showed her, I was like, I'm gonna force you to sit on the bed and this is a gun. This is how you take a magazine, see there's little bullets in there, that's what they're called, and you jam it up into the magazine well. Make sure it clicks. And then there's this little safety. And then you have to pull this thing back and you have to chamber around. Then you have to take it off safety, then you're ready to do business if you had to. Did you know that less than a month later, she was home getting ready and she heard something in the bedroom and she came in, black gloves, raising up the bedroom window. Now she went and got the gun. She, I told her to yell, do whatever you take. And that guy took off. She never had to fire it. Now the funny part, the police came and like, sir, I can see you've done a great job. You have home protection. You've trained your wife. The intruder left, but I got to show you something. He whips out the pistol and then he's like, do you see anything wrong with that? It was halfway in. She had put the magazine in backwards. So you do what you can to protect your wife. 
<laughs> All right, we're running out of time. We're gonna go quick here. So just a funny story there. Hey, we got a pursuer. You know, I've got two beautiful daughters, but, and I thought once you get the girl, you're done, you're good, you can check that one off the list. Oh no, they need to be pursued 24 seven. My daughters always ask, do you delight in me, dad? Their cheer, their pageants, everything they've ever done, they look in the audience, they're like, is dad looking? Is he proud of me? Does he delight in me? So pursue them, take them on dates. Every month I have a date with my girls, each of them. And uh, just let them know I cherish them and I pursue them. And then passion, love all of them in the way they receive love. And for years, I thought acts of service was my wife's love language. And man, I do all kinds of stuff around the house. But that wasn't it. She needed words of affirmation, that trump act of service. So today, go have lunch with your significant other and just see if you're on track with how they receive love. And then finally, praise. You know, praise is a powerful thing. My father-in-law and mother-in-law named their yacht the Gratitude. And it's like this world will kind of beat you down and you look at everything you don't have in this world or in a relationship. But what can you be grateful for? What can you pause and just say, it's time for me to just champion what I'm grateful for. And I did a 30-day gratefulness journey from Thanksgiving to Christmas. I wrote it, I was intentional. I thought about what are the things my bride has done today? It could be little things. She bought healthy food so our family can eat healthy and have energy. You know, she did laundry so I have clean clothes to wear. She took care of our kids. I saw her in the bedroom at night, sewing in our values and teaching character to my girls. You know, your spouse is always doing something that's worthy of gratitude. So praise them. And I'm gonna close with this, you know, men, we just need to remember, if you take nothing else from this, lead. Be the leader you're called to be. Your wife's gonna support you. Women, you're gonna build your man. That's what it takes. You build your man and the guy that you said, I do, you chose out of every other man on earth. And you said, you're the one I'm willing to spend my entire life with. We're gonna do great and mighty things. That's why we have a relationship series is get back to gratefulness, get back to honoring, get back to respect, get back to love. Don't let the devil win. Marriage is too important not to champion it. So we're gonna close with this, with every uh, head bowed and eyes closed. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you. God, thank you that we get to teach just some nuggets that we've learned of 23 years of marriage, of important things in relationships. But God, I would be amiss if I did not tell your people, your sons and daughters, the greatest relationship that you want, and that's a relationship with you. God, today's the day. You've brought them in from every walk and place. They've got stuff on their plate, but God, you're here for them. You're that ever-present help in time of need. And God, you're the greatest relationship they could ever seek, even more than a husband, even more than a wife. There is nothing like father power. And God, your power, the, the amount of love that you have for us, we can't even comprehend. God, you set the example of love. You set the example of relationship. God, you gave us Jesus, the one and only son, and you were willing to sacrifice him to restore that relationship. So God, move on the hearts and the minds of your sons and daughters here today, listening online. If there's anybody that does not know you in a deep and intimate way, if there's anyone that has not said, I'm willing to accept your son, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. 
God move on their hearts right now. And if that's you in the audience today, I wanna ask you to be bold and courageous. You're not guaranteed tomorrow, but God is championing you today. Don't let the devil say you're not worthy of his love. You are more than worthy. He gave his only son for you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.